0: Hey, church family, my name is Saul. I am the worship pastor here at Cornerstone Church. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Hope that this sermon inspires you, that it encourages you, and builds your faith. But We're so honored and thankful that you are listening in. Let's go ahead and just dive deep. We'll start with John chapter 14, verse 6. Uh, That's a uh, scripture everybody's familiar with, Um, but it kind of will be a little bit of a focus for us tonight John 14 6 had to stop off at the CVS and get some new cheaters I break these about what every three or four weeks glory something like that or lose them John 14 6 says this it says Jesus said unto them he said I am the way I'm the truth and the life and no one no one no one comes to the Father but through me we all know that verse amen read again I am the way I am the truth I am the life and no one comes to the father but through me. I just want to pray real quickly. Father, we just ask your blessing tonight. Have your way, Lord. Bless this time we have together in Jesus name. Everybody said. Amen. 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 Appreciate being here tonight. Thank you. I appreciate our pastor and I appreciate this church. And I know I say that every time, but I we just love coming here. We love being a part of this congregation. We're getting to know more people, getting to have conversations and and feeling more like we, you know, those connections and we just we just enjoy it. We just feel blessed to be here and we're just thankful, and so I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to be here in front of you tonight. I'm thankful that we've all come together. It's You know, it's great to come to a church on Wednesday night and you have this kind of attendance. This is really good. You know, people coming out in the middle of the week, you know, uh, like we were encouraged a while ago, you know, put, put work aside, put kids. It is about Jesus. It's about... And as we minister to him, he ministers to us. That's the wonderful thing about the Lord. We, we worship him, and and, and, we, and he turns around and blesses us. Amen. We, we think we're blessing him, and he's turning around, and he's just filling us and renewing us and, and, and giving us new strength because that's just who God is. Amen. But uh, just I just kind of want, this is not really the focus, but I kind of want to launch with this. Have you ever heard of the five, the, the five Ws? And maybe as I talk about this, the five Ws about communication, maybe some people here You've you've had a, you got a communication degree or you've studied writing or you studied journalism And you know about the five W's the five questions the who what when where and why you ever heard that? I vaguely remember that from school when they were teaching us how to communicate Honestly, I didn't learn how to write till I got to college I honestly didn't and I got to college and I had a professor and I kind of figured out. Oh, this is how this works I got to write about cars. He let me write about cars. I, I like cars. I wrote about Porsches Dude, I was I was I wrote I wrote an amazing article on Porsches that I really think that somebody ought to dig up and and, and really make national. It was really that good. The Porsche 944. Anybody here old enough to remember the Porsche 944? All wheel drive, 444. And here's the term I used as I wrote it: 444 pavement wrinkling horsepower. I was so proud of that. Pavement wrinkling horsepower. I said my professor's going to dig that. You know what? He dug that. He said, that's good, dude, you know. But the five W's of who, what, when, where, and, and uh, why, uh, why kind of deal. And it's, you know, people who study communication they'll tell you that those are the questions you have to answer a lot of times when, when somebody's sent, writing an article or a book or whatever, telling a story. You got to answer those questions. I kind of wrote a little bit of a, an example, like you might read this in the local paper, and this is just kind of the first, it's just fictitious, but it's a first Sentence of maybe an article this past monday during their monthly meeting in the high school cafeteria the local school board held an open forum to hear feedback from concerned parents in regard to recent curriculum changes okay that's a sentence that's at you could at the beginning of a fictitious story so to speak and right there we 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 answered what question who what when where and how who is it the school board where is it the high school cafeteria what did they do they held a meeting uh, when did they do it this past monday why did they do it to discuss curriculum changes, and all these, I got thinking about these, the five questions that we, as humans, that's what we do to communicate, you know, we, we, you know, that's what we do, you know, Uh, my wife and I, and I probably tell you way more than you want to know about us, and way more than my wife probably wants me to tell about us, but we started watching Dateline, who knows what Dateline is, okay, I got Dateline fan here, okay, okay, you know, all right, and I'm not promoting TV. I hate television. I'll be honest with you. The reason I watch Dateline is because there's just nothing else worth watching on. Not that necessarily that is, but I just find myself watching about two or three things now because there's just so much stuff. But anyway, but I'll be honest with you. <laughs> to me, Dateline is what old people watch. Damn. Okay? And one day, a couple of years ago, I guess, we kind of started watching Dateline. Because it's one of those things that I don't want to watch it because that's what old people watch. Well, I'm 50 years old, John. I'm old people now, I guess, you know. But but we started watching it, and we really got into Dateline, you know. And so, uh, you know, and, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, that's what they're kind of doing. They're finding out the who, what, when, where, why, all that kind of stuff, you know. But I will say this, and listen, I don't, you know, some of these stories, they're just horrific, you, you, you know. Uh, matter of fact, my wife, oddly enough, shared a story that a coworker shared with her just recently, that could have been on Dateline. Something happened to a family member of hers, and had he not survived, it would have—it was that crazy. It would have been a Dateline story. It may still be one. I don't know because it's just—he survived. It was, was so crazy, but but you know, it just it, the the who, the what, the when, the where, and all that. And but so now I guess I'm old because I like we watched. We have the Peacock. Uh, we don't pay for the we don't pay for the what is it the uh right yeah it's just whatever's free I I don't pay for the just whatever's free so if it has the feather on and I can't watch it I'll wait so I'll wait y'all know what I'm talking about uh and so all the episodes are there and, and then and so we watched all of them so now we have to wait for the feather to come off of the latest one so so that's what we do at our house for fun but you know the who, what, when, where, and, and sometimes they'll add this other question, which is how. But they don't like to do that because it doesn't start with a W, and it's just not cool. But that's, that's really true. How's in there, too, sometimes. But, um, but anyway, that's, you know, that's considered essential if you're going to tell a story. And again, this is in human communication, and, and, uh, and, and just kind of going, you know, Pastor Kevin's been teaching us about the covenant. And I've uh, been enjoying that, and, and probably the thing that has stuck with me most that honestly, Kevin, I've never noticed is that in the Old Testament, the people they're called the people of God, or the servants of God, and the New Testament were called the children of God. Uh, kind of obvious, all, but I just something I guess phew, went over my head. But I've been enjoying that, and I was kind of thinking a little bit about where, where I feel like the Lord was leading me today about old, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, you know. And when I think about the Old Covenant and I kind of look at it a little bit, and And this is going to be an imperfect sort of example, but it's just kind of how my mind thinks. I think about the Old Covenant in the way that it sort of answers those questions, the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why. You know, and let me just kind of tell you what I'm thinking, and this is going to kind of launch us to where where I feel like God's kind of bringing me tonight. But, you know, we're talking about, when we look at the Old Testament, we talk about the who. Okay, who? God, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you know, and, and it's God who gives the law. And and he, got, you know, Moses goes up and he receives the law. God's, you got, you know, you've got God, you've got man uh, that's dealt with in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, also in the New. But you've got God, you've got man. We understand the, the fall of man, the enemy, the devil. You know, you've got priests and stuff. As the as the law is given out, we have this prescription for all the things that God is doing in this Old Testament to begin to to reconcile man, to bring man into relation to Him. Okay, so we got the who's. We've got God. We've got priests. We've got uh, you know fathers and mothers. We got all these things that are. And so the law, in, in many ways, the Old Testament kind of prescribes out the who's. It kind of answers those questions. It goes into maybe the what. You know what what is this about? Well, there's when you look at this whole thing, it's about it's about righteousness. It's also about sin. It's about the need for some sort of reconciliation between God and man because we are fallen. Amen. We live in a fallen world. There's there's judgment, but there's also mercy. You know, the Old Testament's full of mercy. It really is. We think of the Old Testament God as being a judgment God. He's the same. He never changes. Same yesterday, today, and forever. But there's, there's definitely judgment that we see dealt with in the Old Testament. But there's also mercy. There's provision. Thank God for the provision when man sins and he falls. God prescribes these things that man can do. If, if you have leprosy, you know, you go present yourself to the to the uh, to the priest if you if you've committed this sin there's there are these sacrifices there's the offerings that we bring you know the 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 what there's provision of course there's the law what we're to obey there's then there's what to eat you know there's a lot of talk about what you can eat and what you can't eat in the law so that kind of the who and the what and then there's the when you know and the old covenant talks about sabbaths it talks about Special feasts and special days and God prescribes out depending on the time of the year and how he's got all these winds that happen You know when you're supposed to do this when you're supposed to do that Of course, I'm summarizing a lot, but you guys are familiar in, in many ways You'll know what we're talking about the feast the, the dedications that are prescribed in the law the the days of observation the uh, And again, we talked about what to eat and what not to eat then there's when to eat it and when not to eat it right so the Old Testament kind of answer and kind of giving you that who, what, and when. Then you go to the to the, uh, to the where. Well, there's the tabernacle at this time. You know, there's a tabernacle that's built later on. That's going to be uh, somewhat replaced by the, the temple. But it's, you know, where are these sacrifices taking place? Where do we bring our offerings? Where do we bring our tithes? Well, they go here. This is where they go. This is the place. This is the where. At home, it ta- you know, it, we, there's uh the Old Testament prescribes things we do at home. Then there's in the holy place, outside the holy place, all the wares in the wilderness, outside the wilderness, in the Holy Land, outside. So there's we there's there's uh, wares that are dealt with, and there's some wise, some wise are dealt with in the Old Testament. And there's. Why? Because God loves us. Why? Because we're sinful. Why, why do we have to do these things? Because of the fall of man. Because of our sinful heart. Because we're wicked. But God loves us so much and he's making a way to again to, to, to bring us back and to make provision for redemption. There's a lot of whys of course involved in that old covenant. Because of man's sin. Because of obedience and disobedience. Because they were a holy and separated nation. They weren't like the other nations. So they did things differently. So there were some, some whys that were kind of explained or talked about there in the Old Testament. And then finally the I'm gonna go ahead and throw the how in, even though that's not always included, but the how, you know, it's the hows, the through obedience, through sacrifice, through worship, through tithes and offering. All the things that this Old Testament, or maybe the first testament, the first covenant, maybe we ought to say. So kind of those those W's and that that H there. And so as I look back on this and and then it was so uh as pastor's been preaching on the covenant, it was two Sundays ago when you last preached, and we were over here, and he starts, pre- he starts reading out of Hebrews chapter 8, and I start getting excited because I just read that that morning, Kevin, and I was like, glory, Lord! Lord he, I was reading that this morning. You know, I just was, and he's, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 8 about the better covenant, about the perfect covenant, and why there had to be something, how the old covenant was not good enough, it, and it was never intended to be good enough. It was never intended to really bring us into relation. From the foundation of the world, there was another plan. Amen? From the foundation of the world, there was another plan. But he began to read, and and, and I love how Hebrews does such a great job helping us to understand it. That covenant was never intended to be eternal covenant. That covenant was only until... Something else happened, and a new covenant was made. But I was just kind of pumped over there and getting excited. It's like, man, he's, he's reading exactly what I read this morning, you know, and I just was enjoying that. I must be super spiritual today because pastor's reading my scriptures, you know. So we got, you know, the, the Old Testament, though. What's the where's the why's and the who's? I want to read this because when we go to the New Testament, we go to this new covenant that God's. No, there is a major shift, a big-time shift in this whole thing. Jesus said in Luke twenty two twenty, 20, he says, as he's there, he's, he's there with his disciples. It's the Last Supper. They're, they're breaking bread. And I love what the Scripture says. Jesus tells him, I really am, couldn't wait to have this time with you. He said, I've been looking forward to this time with you. The, Jesus is about to be crucified on the cross. His mind, my mind would be, how do I get out of this thing? But Jesus was so excited that he was going to be able to break bread with his disciples one last time. And he says this to them. He says, likewise, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this cup is. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. This cup is. He also said in John 64, he said, 164, he said, I am the bread that came out of heaven. In verse 48, he says, I am the bread of life. So here we are in the old covenant that old agreement what God had and that had everything kind of spelled out and all the specifics and then Comes along Jesus and he looks at them and says this is my blood This is the new covenant. Can I tell you something tonight? And I'm probably getting ahead of myself because I'm excited But I want to get to this point tonight and then we'll go talk a little more but the New Testament is not necessarily scripture The New Testament is not rules, it's not agreements, it's not doctrines, it's not teachings. Can I tell you the New Testament is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. The New Testament is not something that, it's not a teaching, a doctrine. It is a person, and his name, he is the New Testament. Such a change from the Old Testament and the old agreement with all its prescriptions and all the things and all the emphasis on what you should do and how you should do it, what you should eat. And and all those are good. Can I tell you, Jesus said the law, he said, the law is always going to bring out, I'm I'm not destroying the law. I came to fulfill the law. The law is good, but guess what? He had to fulfill the law because I can't and only he can. This New Testament that we're living and we're breathing, this church. Filled with the Holy Spirit. What we're experiencing, everything that God's given us, it is not a belief, even though we must believe. It is not a a, a group of of understanding. It's not a special teaching. It is a man called Christ Jesus who came and died, laid down his life, rose again in victory, and has baptized us in the Holy Spirit. This New Testament that we have, folks, it is alive and it is Jesus. That's what this is that we're living today. This New Testament is a person, in his name is Christ Jesus, amen? Staying in, there in, 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 in John chapter 6. John chapter 6 got to be one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. In 51 he says, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. Now, I want you to think about Jesus saying this. And he is saying this to a, a, really a large group of people. And they're about to say... After he says some things that are just a little bit too hard for him, they're about to leave him. A lot of people are fixed. He's fixed to lose his mega church. He's fixed to lose his big church because he was willing to say some things because he knew that people were following him, not necessarily for him, but for the things he could do. But he says this. Imagine imagine someone standing up and saying, I am the bread of life that came down out of heaven. (laughs) You've got to be pretty bold to say that. If anyone, here's what he said, if anyone eats from this bread, talking about the bread, he, from him he will, he will live forever, and the bread which I give you for the life of the world is also my flesh. Jesus, again, he is that New Testament, that new agreement that God sent. He, but imagine the, the boldness of him standing in a group, and we, we tend to take this for granted because we go, well, yeah, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said a lot of things. But imagine someone standing today and declaring themselves to be who he is because and I think I've said this before if you ever ever doubt that Jesus made a claim to be God you need to read the Bible he very clearly made it very clear that he was God he was equal to God he was both the Son of Man which every Jew there knew what that meant he was the Messiah and he was the Son of God literally the Son of God so he made it very clear who he was This New Testament is a man called Christ Jesus. The New Testament is a new and perfect covenant of God giving man to man, of of God giving a, a man and not a thing. It's Jesus, not a thing. It's not a set of belief. It's not a set of rules or teachings. It is a person. So when we talk about the who and the what and the where, really, for us, it's all about the who. It's all about the who. Not the rock band, not Whoville on the Grinch, you know, because the who. All of this boils down to in God's kingdom and what God's, all that who, what, where stuff we got to know, that's fine. But in God's kingdom, it really, everything is about the who. We missed the who. We've missed the what, where, when, and how. We've missed it because we missed the who. It's all about the who tonight. I I was thinking about John and Peter. You guys remember they go to the gate, beautiful, and there's that man who's been crippled for his whole life, and he's there, and he's always begging for alms, and you know the story. Peter and John go up, and... Peter reaches out and he says, What silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And what does the man do? He rises up and he walks. Dude, he leaps. He screams. He rejoices. He worships. Everybody notices the guy who had just been healed that they watched for years and years right there. Jesus, And, and because of what he said to them. Well, now that would be the great end of the story, but that wasn't the end of the story for Peter and John. They got in trouble. So they had to show up the next day in front of the Sanhedrin council to get grilled. And they even brought the, the crippled man with them. But the, the point I want to make is they began to speak, the Bible says, as they listened to them, to Peter and John, they said, they were amazed at how they spoke. Because they knew these guys weren't educated. These guys hadn't been trained up. They weren't like the Sanhedrin. They weren't teachers of the law. They weren't, but yet these men astounded them. But the way they talking, and you know why? Because they recognized that they had been with the Who? Jesus. It was the who that they knew, not the law, not the when, what, or where, but the who that they had relationship with. They didn't have to know it all. They didn't have to have all the words. You remember what Jesus told and promised his disciples? He said, listen, if you get pulled out and you get pulled in front of places like the Sanhedrin, you get pulled in front of governors, you get pulled, don't worry about what to say. I'll put the words in your mouth because they know the who. Amen? It's all about the who. It's not about the what. Now, when the things I say here, please understand where I'm coming from. Because there are so many important things that we do and that we, we learn and that we participate in as Christians. They're all there Many of them are good. Don't misunderstand me. So when I say these things, please understand the Spirit I'm saying to me, but but, but it's not about the what anymore. Doctrine. Teaching, knowledge, denominations, creeds, theories, methods, human efforts. Can I tell you, our human efforts, God can do this without us. He chooses to do it through us. Amen? Human efforts, Programs, gifts. Praise God for the gifts. We're giving gifts, but can I tell you, it's not about the gifts. It's not about the talents. It's not about communism. It's not about capitalism. It's not about freedom. It's not about slavery. It is about the who. Amen. Because see, when we know the who, when we get right with the who, doctrine's going to come. Understanding's going to come. Teaching. We're going to receive good teaching. Can I tell you, Jesus is the great teacher. Amen. He's the great teacher. And, and, and this in no way says that we shouldn't do these things. Absolutely we should. We're told to study to show ourselves approved. Peter tells us to be ready to def- give a defense of our faith. We need to know what we believe. But can I tell you something? We can know all the facts. We can know all the scriptures. If we don't know the who, we are wasting our time. Because we've got to know the who, amen? So it's not about the what. It's not about the, it's not about the why. It's not about purpose. Purpose is good. But can I tell you, purpose without Jesus is purposeless. I don't care how you package it. I don't care how you make it religious. Purpose without Jesus is purposeless. We're just, we're doing it for us. We're not doing it for Jesus. Amen. If we're without the who. It's not about the why. It's not about pity for, for lost souls even. It's not even about charity and heart that heart for lost souls. And can you, before you do you, do you, do you see where I'm coming from? I'm not in any, these are all good things. But these are all things we can get caught up in and we think it's about this. It is about the who. Jesus. Amen? So it's not about the wise. It's not about the growth of the church. We love growth of the church. We want to see that. It's not about mission efforts. Thank God we're part of the assemblies of God and I love the mission effort of the assemblies of God. Thank God for that. And thank God for the heart of missions or for missions in this church and our pastors. Praise God for that. But missions without the who is just an exercise in our own religion. Amen? The missions. It's not about the mission. It's not about changing the world. Yeah, we're going to, listen, can I tell you, Jesus changed the world when he died on the cross and rose again. What what happened on that day blew up the universe. When Jesus came in this, and when he redeemed mankind, and he washed away our sins, he absolutely exploded. I don't know how that must have looked in the spiritual realm, but it had to be like an atomic bomb rolling through the spiritual universe. Jesus did it all. He did it. We just get to believe him, trust him, and live in it, and let him do all these things through us. Am I making some sense tonight? Right? I, I, please, I hope, hope I'm not, you know, I'm not being heretical here. I just, this, this is, it's about Jesus. Now, all these things are good, and they're great. It's not even about feeling better about ourselves. Sometimes we're just looking to feel better about ourselves. But the truth is, there's not a whole lot to feel good about. Until Jesus comes along and redeems us and makes us sons and daughters. Amen? You know, sometimes we're always stroking our ego. Where in Scripture can I find something to make me feel good today? What? <laughs> have you seen Jesus? Have we, are we embracing Jesus? Are we walking with Jesus? It's not about me and how I feel. It's about Jesus. And when I lose myself in him and I lose myself in everything he wants and surrender him, I have all the joy and the peace I will ever need. I don't need, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Now, please don't understand me. There's, this, there's that helps of encouragement. We encourage one another. We, those, that's all because everything that we're reading here, all the hows and the whats and the, and, and the wherefores, they come when we are focused on the who. He works all these other things. All this other stuff is there, the teachings, the doctrines, the helps, the loves, the gifts. Everything's there as long as we have the who as the main thing, as the main person. Amen. It's not about the where. It's not about the church building. I love the church building. It's great to be there. There's, there's no place like, is there's nothing like coming to church with people worshiping Jesus and being, a, that is, I love corporate worship, but it's not about the church building. It's not about the mission building. It's not about the community, although we will be reaching out to the community when we are falling, when we're in love with Jesus. It's not about, it's not about America. It's not about China. It's not about the Holy Land. Let me, let me share a story with you talking about the Where? We were so blessed 10 years ago, I guess, to be able to go to Israel. And we, we got to go, both me, my wife, and my entire family, our two girls. And, it was, and w- one of the great things about this particular trip is the guy, the man, who was leading the trip, who was taking us to all the sites, was a rabbi who believed in Jesus Christ. Great story there, a man who his whole family had a funeral for him after he turned to Jesus. He lost his family because he accepted Jesus. But this man was actually on some of the historical digs that we were going to see. Matter of fact, we went to, and this dude had the energy of like an 18-year-old kid. He was probably 60. We had a hard time keeping up with him. And it was just like, get your backpack on. You know, had the little, what you call the little hi, uh, hydration thing with, you know, where you have a little water pack in your backpack. You got to host your mouth, stay hydrated and keep up. That's what it was like, you know. But I remember going to the excavated site of Bethesda. Y'all remember the town of Bethesda by the sea that Jesus mentioned many times in the Bible? And it was so cool because we're there and he's, he was at this dig. He was showing us stuff that he helped to unearth. And so that's the caliber of trip we got to take. I mean, it was top, top notch. This guy knew this place. He was, he, he, he was educated in the, uh, what do you call it, Lord, the 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 I can't remember the name, but the the where they teach rabbis in Jerusalem, the she huh? Well, the the language there, but it's a place. It's a special college where the elite go. That's where this. His last name is Cohen, and that's that is that is direct descendant from Aaron the priest. I mean, this guy had a pedigree like you wouldn't believe. So we're going through. And we're learning. I'm taking notes, man. I'm I'm writing stuff down. It was just mind blowing, but. We went to, got to Jerusalem, and you guys have heard of the Western Wall of the Wailing Wall. Anybody have heard of that? Sometimes you'll see it on TV, and it's, just, it's the Western Wall of the Temple Mount, not the Temple. Temple's gone, you know. Although they did take us underground to some of the found, Can I just tell you this story? I don't mean to. Die. They took us underground to some of the foundational cornerstones of the original Temple. Mind blowing. This thing was something like 45, one stone was like 45 feet long, weighed 660 tons. They didn't have cranes. They didn't have heavy equipment. That's, and that's what this st- the, the temple was built of. And I'm going to tell you, if any, any of you guys here are craftsmen or your construction guys or whatever, the, the stone masonry was so perfect, they did not use any kind of mortar. The stone masonry was so perfect, the joints were so perfect, so you could not get a razor blade or a piece of paper in between the joint amazing work but going back to the Western Wall you guys know the Jews will go there they'll pray Christians will go there and pray Muslims get to go up into the Temple Mount because they have control of the Temple Mount they got a little passageway for them you know they stick out their tongues no I'm just kidding but so all those Christians and Jews were going to the Western Wall the Wailing Wall and we were excited we were excited you know and our group was excited and there's kind of a an emotional expectation what am I gonna feel when I get to this place, you know, and we had some friends that knew we were going And they, they asked us to, to put little prayers that they had written down That's kind of one of the things people do they'll, they'll write their prayers on a little piece of paper And they'll stick it in the wall, you know And that's just kind of a way of feeling like they're connected to God And so we said, sure, you know, and we, I put some up there And I, I walked up, Ricky, to that wall And, uh, you know, you see tons of people there And, and i kind of prepared myself for, man, this, whew, this is fixing to be so good I'm going to feel something. I'm Pentecost. I'm going to feel something, right? This is the Wailing Wall. This is the Western Wall. And so I go up, and I'm, I'm praying and stuff. And I'll I just be honest with you all. I'm like, you know, I'm not really feeling anything. But I'm seeing people around me that, that are they're obviously having an emotional experience. You know, I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? And, then, you know, you see the, the Orthodox Jews there with the kind of curlicues coming down. You know, they're doing, I mean, it's the whole scene. But I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, You know, I kind of expected some huge spiritual experience, and I kind of felt guilty. I kind of felt like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And whether it was the Lord speaking to me or whether he maybe just Scripture came to mind or whatever, but I was reminded about when Jesus was on that cross and when he said, it is finished, and there was earthquake. And it says, the temple veil was torn in two that temple veil that separated the holy of holies the presence of god from the rest was rent in two because no longer does a priest bestand, stand between man and god but only jesus christ our high priest and something spoke to me and i realized i feel more of the holy spirit in my home church and i'm feeling right now and jesus said this because i'm not here i'm everywhere you guys remember John chapter 4 when, the, when, the, uh, when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well and they begin having a conversation. So in that conversation, she talks about, you know, you Jews, y'all believe that, that you worship in Jerusalem and we believe that we worship on this hill. What does Jesus say He said to her? He said, there's a day that's coming. He said, he said, he said God is looking. There's a, is a the day coming where no man will worship any of these places. He said, because God is looking. God is a spirit. I'm sorry. And he's looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus was telling her, it's not about the where. It's about the who. Kind of botched that, but you know that story. You know that scripture. It's not about the where. It's not about the how, the teaching, the preaching, the evangelism, the witnessing, the outreaching, helping the needy, great stuff, wonderful things. We ought to be doing it. Faith without works is dead. We're going to do it because we love Jesus, but it's not about those things. It's about the who, Jesus Christ. It's not about the when, creation, Bible history, Bible prophecy, end times, the troubles and turmoils of today, the rapture of the church, the revealing of the Antichrist, the millennial reign. It's not about the when. It's about the who. It's about the who, Christ Jesus. Before all these things, far above all these things, far greater than all these things, it's all about the who, Jesus Christ. Without the who, nothing, absolutely nothing else matters. We would not exist. We wouldn't take the next breath. We wouldn't take the next heartbeat were it not for Jesus allowing us one more time because all things have their being in Jesus Christ. He is it. It is the who that this is all about. Amen? The who. Nothing absolutely else, else matters. To live, to know God, to call him Father, to be filled with his precious Holy Spirit, it all goes through the who. Go back to that scripture that I read at the beginning. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is no getting around Jesus. There's no move we can perform. There's no deed we can do. There's no spiritual act that we can do. There's no getting around Jesus to the Father. He said, no man comes to the Father except through the who. We got to know the who. We got to love the who. We need to be surrendered, lost, and completely abiding in The who. We do that, everything else falls into place. Do y'all believe that this, this evening? Amen? It's all about the who. I think about the apostles. If you'll notice, when they go out to preach, and they go out to—really, the first thing they do is they go to the synagogues. If you ever—you know, we, we think about the churches kind of westerly and in, and in Europe and that Paul went to and the other apostles and disciples went to. We think of them typically as Gentile churches, but the first place they went was to the synagogue. They found the Jews. Hey, we know who the Messiah is. You know, but the thing is, when they went out, they preached what? They didn't preach a new law. They didn't preach a new rules. They preached the who— And the who changed the world, amen. The who turned the world upside down. Christians got to have that reputation. The people who turned the world upside down. Man, if we had that reputation today, amen. Amen. He is, the who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is the one who will return in glory. He's the one who will rule and reign on earth. It's all about the who. Do we know him? Do we really know him? Are we really abiding in him? Are we really pursuing him? Are we really living in him? Do we love something more than him? And I think about in light of the Christmas time, it's Jesus. It's him coming to manger, the greatest gift we'll ever have. And, and I just want to share something with you real quick. And I, I'm trying to, trying to keep the time. For, am I good or... Okay, I'm really just about done, I promise But uh, I think about the who Because it's all about the who And God's been impressing me You guys know that the Scripture tells us We don't know how to pray The Spirit will pray through us in and groans and, mutter and, and and moans and groans and we, we know the Holy Spirit through the speaking in tongues and, But sometimes I've, God's been impressing me That when I may not know how to pray for somebody Because sometimes He tells us how to pray But more often than not, it's none of my business how to pray for it's not my business it's god's business so let the holy spirit pray through me but even sometimes i feel like the lord's saying look pray don't pray for anything Uh, he may give us something specific to pray but i don't have anything specific to pray I, i pray for the who for them i pray for you i find myself lord i pray you for this person god i pray you because you are the answer you don't have the answer you are the answer you're everything they need. Everything they need. Lord, I pray you for that. I, I, Lord, I pray you for me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. One more thing. A friend and I were talking. to God. a guy, friend of mine went to, and I'm, I'm going to shut down with this. A friend of mine went to, a left for a missions trip today. A mission, uh, a, a, a ministry there in New York. Never, you guys may know about it. I can't remember the name of it. Long story short, the guy who started this. Give you a short little story about him. One day in New York City, he was a kid. His mama said, listen, I want you to wait at this corner. I'm going to go into this this, um, little store here. I'll be back to get you. Seven days later, the boy's still there. People are feeding him, you know. The boy's still waiting on his mama. So a Christian man comes along, begins to talk to him and see his situation. Gets him with a believing couple up in upstate New York. They raise him. He he finds Christ. He surrenders to the Lord. Now he has this amazing ministry in New York City. I don't have time to tell you about it. And this this was relayed to me through a friend who's been there many times and gotten to know the guy. But as you begin to tell me about this guy, this guy's been stabbed several times. He's been shot several times. He he never stops. He goes all over the world wherever God sends him. But he's been multiple times he's been stabbed and shot. And there was one time he was driving the bus full of kids because he he picks up kids and brings them to church among many other ministries he does. And he's driving the bus, he opens the bus door, the kid gets on, and somebody, I don't know if it's the parent or somebody, takes a gun and shoots him in the face. The man drives himself and the bus to the hospital with the kids in it. I think, who does that? And I think about Paul, and Paul told how many times he'd been shipwrecked, and how many times he'd been left for dead in stone, how many times he'd been beaten, he'd been naked, he'd been, you know, cold. And, you know, we don't, people don't do this for a law. People don't do those kind of things for a creed, for some sort of belief system, for some sort of club they join. The only reason they would do something like that is because they know the who. The who, who is Christ Jesus. Amen. It's all about the who. I know you know this tonight, but I've got to be reminded about this, and it's one of the most wonderful things we can talk about, about everything's about Jesus. We get that right, folks, we've got it all. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for who you are. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you you are who you are. You do what you say you're going to do. Father, you love us. You've already done it all. God, it's ours to receive, to believe, to obey, to be free, free from sin, God, free from anxiety, because we are living in the who. We've been baptized in the Spirit. Lord, thank you for everything you've done. Lord, may we see you the who tonight. May we just love you more and more. May we get this so deep in our spirit, God, that no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we are full of joy, and we are full of peace. Not because of the situation, not because of your blessings, though we thank you for them, but because of you tonight. Well we love you. We praise you in this place in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you. Thank you.